All right, it's Dorian Blake and Ari Hart, and today we have a lovely, special, beautiful guest today, Sunny Days, my beautiful sister. We have, and we're gonna just be chatting it up. Yes. So, so we're gonna just. I just wanna ask, like, how do y'all feel about your mental health? Well, I'm not from the city, mm-hmm. so it was very different for me. Moving here, it was a big difference as in culture Mm -hmm. where I'm from everybody they say what they mean and you trust them Mm -hmm. here it's easy to get over on somebody they always see an opportunity and it can lead someone to think less of themselves or wonder who can they trust and you wonder are you even a good fit for just your own community right so where did that put you like in your own mental headspace kind of I distant myself from a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I'm still in that phase. I'm trying to break out of it. Mm-hmm. But it is hard to trust people, especially in an area where they're used to doing stuff like this. Right. I, I definitely see what you're saying. Like, when you switch from different environments, like a more suburban area, you're more legs, you got more space. Whereas when you come to an urban you know, scenario, you're more crowded, people are more congested, people are more agitated. And, like, it's even studies that show that people in more urban areas, they're more prone to mental illness because of their environment, you know. When you are in close confinement, you're more agitated. This is like living with a roommate. Like, when you go from having a own, your own place and just chilling, you're cool. Like, you can have guests when you want, but when we have a roommate, you gotta also abide by other people's opinions and rules. And it gets agitated, especially when you're in a close, tight space. So, I think for me, with my mental health, um, I'm kind of, like, getting it in the right direction because before... It was just, like, all over the place. Like, I couldn't even catch the train because I was always thinking irrational. And then once I realized that, okay, this isn't normal, I had to check myself and kind of get some help to where I can be in a stable place for my mental mind. Because, like, I I would walk down the street just boo-hoo crying. I didn't even know, like, what was wrong with me. So when I realized this isn't normal... Like, my mental space is unhealthy. That's when I held myself accountable to go look into it. And ever since I did that, I feel so much better. And I feel like, you know, when you try to talk to other people about your mental health, they kind of, like, especially in the black community, they be like, what's wrong with you? Because they don't understand, like, when you try to explain your emotions, like, I'm sad. I don't know why I'm sad. What you mean you don't know why you said that's dumb. You're supposed to know. If you say you're supposed to know why you said So now you're just like, damn, I can't even come to you and trust you with my feelings and my emotions. So and all you want is a pat on the back or a hug. Okay, or just say, okay, I don't understand what's going on, but we're going to get through it. But I think in the black community, we just more so we got that tough exterior where we're supposed to be all right all the time. And mm-hmm. sometimes we're not. Mm-hmm. I can agree with that. I think that people in the black community feel like they can't always be vulnerable and also some people's inability to be vulnerable makes them act certain ways or not understand certain concepts um and like I think that it starts at a young age and like that's why at a young age you have to like let your kids know like you know your mental health is important like I tell my kids all the time like yeah sometimes you can stay home 
if you're sick, but also being sick mentally is a reason to stay home too, right? If you're just not right, you can't really focus on anything that you're doing. So you need to take a day off. And like, even me, like I will not hesitate to take a mental day off from work. And, you know, I communicate with, you know, my employers and let them know, like if I'm going through different things, because, you know, if, if you think that my state of mind doesn't contribute to my, the way I perform at work, then it doesn't make sense. Because if you're not right up upstairs for any reason, you can't possibly perform to a decent level in work or just period in life. Um, and I think also black people, they just don't really understand. They don't really feel comfortable with the idea of telling, like, for instance, like going to therapy, like telling a stranger your business. Like, why you got to tell, you know, a stranger your business or whatever, or that's not getting nothing done. Because even like, I remember like even first kind of like bringing therapy to my mom and she was like well you could pay me to talk to you like I was like but that's not the same thing one you don't have an understanding right. of the way the mind works and two like you're connected to my life sometimes it's good to talk to people who are not connected to your right. life and she's like yeah because I don't really believe in therapy but then like the other day I was talking to her and then she's like on the therapy bandwagon I'm just like okay so obviously something changed within you that you saw that therapy isn't for crazy people it is necessary mm-hmm. um because it's just a different space and you get like a whole hour to talk about like yourself and how you feel. And then the person on the other end is like either giving you some feedback or they're just listening. Right. You know what I mean? So, and I kind of just want to shine some light onto that because, you know, not too long ago, researchers at the nationwide children's hospital in Ohio, they found out from the ages of five to 12 African American children, the suicide rate was higher. And when you think about it, the ages five to 12, like that's an important development stage. So, you know, when you're raising your kids, sometimes you just like, Oh, whatever. She'll put a tablet in their hands. You don't pay them no mind. But sometimes I think even as parents, like I'm not a parent, but just from my experience, you know, you have to check on your children mentally because you don't, even though they're young, they don't understand, they don't understand their emotions. You know, why are they sad? Why do they feel this way? Especially when you're 12 and 13 and you're going through that awkward puberty stage, it's hard. And I think sometimes parents, we have that disconnect with our children's mental space because we're always worried about ourselves. Like even you as an adult, when you confronted your parents saying that you need help mentally, they didn't understand. Mm -hmm. So just imagine a five to 12 year old trying to explain that to their parents. Like what? Yeah, I can understand it. From my own experience, it was, I wanted time with my father, Mm -hmm. but to him it's work, work, work. But for me it's where's the quality time? I don't know you. Mm -hmm. Now, as I'm older, He's not, hey, dad is, hey, your first name. Right. I don't have that type of bond because that mental connection, we didn't have that right. for me growing up. Yeah, and I think that's a good point because, uh, first of all, a lot of, like, and I've been saying this recently on my own mental journey, but just, like, the relationship you have with your parents and, like, the way you things affected you when you were younger really do pour over into your adult life. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. so even like those parent relationships, like for instance, you could have had both of your parents, but if they're not very active, like they could have both been living in the same house, but if they're not very open and emotional, then you probably still got affected negatively. Right. And same thing is like, if you had one of your parents, but the other one wasn't around, like those relationships really affect and you start to like develop certain mechanisms to deal with those things. And that uh, later on ends up, 
affecting your mental health because now you're not really in tune with yourself Mm -hmm. and you don't really understand later on down the wall like why do I act this way or why do I feel this way and sometimes you don't connect it back to some shit that happened like way 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 back right and you don't want to be that person like oh yeah I got abandonment issues or I got daddy Mm -hmm. issues or but if that's what you have it's okay it's okay and you have to dig deeper to correct that so that now it's not pouring over into some other stuff. Right. And it makes it harder because people don't know how to react to that or respond to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They'll just be like, well, get over it. Mm-hmm. How am I supposed to get over something if nobody's there to talk to me or help right. me through it or go through these trenches with me mm-hmm. to become a better person right. in the long run? And I feel like when it comes to, especially the relationship we, like, we have had with our father, like, when I was at the point in my life when I was going to therapy and they asked you the famous question, well, tell me about yourself. Tell me about your parents. And when you start, when I started talking about my dad, I got so emotional. I was crying because I was just so frustrated because like, I didn't realize how the relationship and not having my dad in my life, how it affected me. And even to this day, you know, it still affects me regardless if I talk to my dad or if I don't talk to my dad, it still affects me to this day. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, as people, we don't realize how our actions affect other people and how it affects them mentally. Like, it's mm-hmm. hard. That's why you have to watch what you say to people, watch how you talk to people, watch how you treat people, especially the ones in your life. Because here, due to the lack of him not being there, I face mental issues. Not to a certain extent, but there was definitely some there to surface. Yeah. Um, you definitely do face those things and but one thing you have to also realize is like if your parents just never had the ability to like identify their own issues or to understand to the depth of which their actions would affect their child then they can't even begin to like say oh let me not do that let me be around let me not tell my kid this or treat my or do these things around my child to make them grow up to be this type of person like if you never really were in tune with that you can't really ever connect and Mm -hmm. like for me with my dad he wasn't really around and he clearly don't know a goddamn thing so I can't even (laughs) I can't even harp on that I just have to be like you know what I'm realizing that I am affected by those things because I definitely see a switch in like who I was like I think like middle school early high school I was more of a nicer person and every little thing didn't like get to me but as I got older, I definitely have developed, like, attitude issues and just, like, being more mean. And I was like, that's not a person I want to be. But then mm-hmm. I do reflect on, okay, what was me and my mom going through? Because me and her have our own things that contributed to me being this way. Mm-hmm. As well as my dad. But now I'm 24. Can I continue those behaviors? Right. No, I have to, like, check myself and, like, figure out, okay. Unfortunately, I was this type of person. And I'm not that person anymore. Mm-hmm. And I would like to get back to that. But these are the things that got me here. Even with my mom, I've communicated with her. Like, these are some of the things that you have done that makes me in this mind space. And I just want you to know it's not going to be fixed overnight. Um, Because, like, even with her, like, you know, she don't really have to say much for me to get irritated with her. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I even said it to myself, like, why do I get so irritated? Mm -hmm. And she could just be coming to my room just to say hi and I get irritated. And I think it's connected to a place that, a bad place we were in. And Mm -hmm. I just got to that point where I'm like, I don't want to be bothered with her. Mm-hmm. But now I'm working on it because she has um, changed as a person. And I can't continue to have those attitudes. Mm-hmm. If if she's going to progress, 
then I have to accept and like work on myself now right. um, mentally. Because my mom, she definitely, she does like me, like she mediates, not mediates, meditates, and she reads a lot of self help books now. And she mm-hmm. definitely is on like her own journey as well. So with that, I it makes me like okay, like I got to get myself together as well, so that me and her can have that more healthy relationship. Right. I think the key to just healing yourself and healing the people around you is being aware. Like, okay, I'm aware of these issues I'm having right now. I'm aware how other people are affecting me. I'm aware how I'm affecting other people as well as when people bring that to your attention, you have to be aware of how, just because you don't understand, you have to be aware that, okay, this is something that definitely affects them. Mm -hmm. Let me be considerate to them instead of, because uh, a lot of times we get defensive as human beings. Like, what do you mean I did X, Y, and Z? Well, why do you feel that way? What I did X, Y, and Z. Like, even, not even just parents. I remember I had an ex-boyfriend, and I was explaining my mental health to him, and he didn't understand. And it was just like, okay, you don't understand. But instead of just saying, I don't really understand, but we can get through this together, you know, this is something that obviously obviously affects you. Right. Let me at least try to understand. But instead, right off the jump, he's like, what? That sounds retarded. That sounds crazy. Like, what are you talking about? What? And it just made me not want to be open. Well, that type of situation shows me, one, we don't need to be together. Right. Two, you are clearly not together mentally mm. because for you to jump like that and I'm supposedly somebody you care about, right. that's weird. Right. That doesn't make sense. And, huh? I, so. and I think that's just, you know, as human beings, because even sometimes I do it too. Like, when people bring stuff to me that I don't understand, I'm like, what? Like, what do you mean? Like, I don't understand. And I get defensive and I think we have... Just as individuals, we have to take the time to be like, okay, this is something I don't understand. But obviously, it's affecting someone I care about. Right. So, I think, you know, especially with that situation, he definitely wasn't the one, obviously. Right. Um, don't face <laughs> Definitely yeah. wasn't the one. Obviously, we're not together. But um, Right, right. But it's just reflecting. I noticed that other people had those characteristics, too. And it was unhealthy, including myself. Mm-hmm. I feel as though if people know how to let go and listen, and it takes one person to talk and one person to be quiet to actually listen. Right. People don't know how to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're quick to jump. Like you said, you say something, I say something right back. Right. Wet right. into the silence and letting that process. Mm-hmm. And you really listening. Exactly. Um, to what I'm saying and trying to understand like where my mind is. Yeah, if you, I feel as though if you can remove yourself from the situation and put yourself in that person's shoes while you're listening, you will have a full understanding of what they're going through flat mm-hmm. out. Right. Full understanding because you're not yourself in that position. You're placed as another individual. Mm-hmm. And you're right. like, okay, I see where you're coming from. Right. But that right there takes a lot of like awareness in the moment mm-hmm. because that's something I'm practicing doing and like same and for example like i think this podcast has like helped me and dorian like really push ourselves to be in that space like me and her have a lot of disagreements Mm -hmm. and sometimes we have those disagreements in the moment i'm like ariana just try to listen or Mm -hmm. don't talk in that tone because Mm -hmm. the conversation doesn't have to go that way and that's just me trying to build an understanding for my friend that i care about and me trying to work on being a better person and i think being a better person is definitely attached to like 
your mental state, right? Because mm-hmm. if you are projecting positivity and you're trying to like take other people into accountability, like um, into account when you're doing something, like it it's feeding you some good shit, like in your mind. Mm-hmm. But if you just want to be out here like fuck this person, fuck what they're saying, you're just continuing to like fester on that negative shit. And I think that's what people miss about like being mentally in a good place is like it really starts with you, mm-hmm. right? And it starts with like the way you treat other people and not and knowing like the way you're acting all the time is not okay. So and nine times out of ten, you being so unhappy is because your ass is projecting some negative shit and you're like attracting it back. Mm-hmm. So before you can really, if you really want to get down to like, why am I so sad for no reason? Like, you know what I mean? Even though there obviously are mental illnesses that people really cannot control, but right. on the surface of just being sad and not happy, like on a regular surface, mm-hmm. you have something to do with that shit. And you could be a lot happier if you just take accountability. Or Accountability plays a very large percent and mental health mm-hmm. in my opinion because it's always you did it no it wasn't me right you always quick to blame somebody else but when is the finger pointed at yourself right. to see and acknowledge where you went wrong or just to see what you said and how could it affect somebody else right. or the tone that you use how could it affect somebody right. else right and not only but not even projecting onto other people. Sometimes you got to hold yourself accountable for yourself. Because I know when I first started my therapy journey, I, like, I was going through it. Like, my mental stability was, at one, I really thought at one point it was going, I wasn't getting it back. Like, my anxiety was controlling my life. Like, mm-hmm. I couldn't, it was some days I wouldn't even go to work. I didn't want to travel. I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to drive. I didn't want to take the bus because everything frightened me, like, because I was just in an anxious mess. Mm-hmm. And I knew, okay, me staying in bed isn't going to help. Me crying about it isn't going to help. Even, you know, my family members, they are understanding, but they don't they don't understand what I'm going through. So I had to hold myself accountable and take that step and mm-hmm. find somebody to help me really understand what was going on in my head because I didn't understand it. So you know how they say misery loves company? Mm-hmm. It also is positivity loves company. You mm-hmm. always want to be around somebody positive because you're in a good space. Right. When you're in a negative space, you always want to be surrounded by that negativity or you're always surrounded by that negativity. It right. doesn't necessarily have to be, I want it, but it will just follow you, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, It'll yeah, I'm totally you. into, like, the manifestation and, like, putting the vibes out there. Because, like, me and Dory was having a conversation before and I was just like, for example, you know... um, the people, let's say relationships, I think that's just easier to talk about, but like when you attract certain people mm-hmm. and you keep seeing like you're attracting the same type of person, like, but it's just different people. Why? Like, what is it about you? Mm-hmm. Is something mm-hmm. aligned with you that's aligned with the bullshit that these people keep bringing to you, right? Mm-hmm. Not saying that it's your fault for shitty people, but there is something aligned with your energy that is bringing it to you. And you have to figure out what it is. And that could be maybe, like you said, being around certain negative things or positive things. And you need to, like, really think about, like, okay, what about me? Like, I, okay, on the surface, I'm doing decent shit. On the surface, I'm a decent person. 
but there's obviously some underlying shit or a lesson or something about me that um, keeps doing this. Like, because even with me, I was saying, like, you know, I keep, for example, attracting, like, a certain type of guy. Like, fuckboys. Like, obviously, there's something aligned in my spirit with fuckboys that I haven't yet to correct. So, that's why I was like, okay, I'm going to go to therapy and figure out what it is. Because I don't want to keep attracting friends and romance, romantically people that are just off to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that's hard for people to, like, kind of think about. And I think it's something that would be longer than a podcast that we can do today. But I think people have a hard time accepting, like, yeah... My energy is the fuck off and I am attracting this bullshit. It's mm-hmm. very, it's, I think it's easier just to be like, no, there's just shitty people and I just, I just have bad luck. Do you really have that much bad luck, my guy? <laughs> Do you? Like, come on, let's be honest here. Like, is it that much bad luck? No, I think there's something off. There is something off. You know, just because you're not out here doing people dirty or just because you're out here with a decent job and you treat your friends all right, that doesn't mean that you're aligned spiritually to attract the right shit. Yeah. I would agree with that to like even a certain extent because sometimes yeah, you're attracting this person but something in you is allowing it. Like even, Right, so the alignment, right. Even though it's not you did something wrong mm-hmm. and even though you may you may be a great person, you may be trying to be a great person, but something in you is allowing this in. You know, you're a good person, you're trying to do right, but here comes a person who doesn't really have the best intentions for you, but you're, something in you is opening up exactly. to this person, letting them in. For what reason? And that's up to you to find exactly. out. And I think sometimes, you know, that may not be the case, you might just have bad luck, like, mm-hmm. sometimes you come across bad eggs, but I think it's all based on how much you're willing to open up to these people. Because mm-hmm. you have to find out even when it comes to dating, finding friends, how much of this person are you going to allow in to you in your space, in your presence? Because I think sometimes we yearn and look for compassion in other people that were willing to just be open like that. Like, okay, mm-hmm. here's somebody, he's nice right now, he's giving me all the attention I need, I'm going to let him in right away. I'm giving mm-hmm. him all of this access, but you didn't really look at this person completely before you let them in. So something in you is just vulnerable enough to let these people in. And I think you do have to get that checked out and see what is making me so open to these people, to the certain type of person. I think it's the things that we deeply desire. Mm -hmm. How the compassion, we always want compassion from others. Right. But did we get it as kids? Right. Did we receive that growing up? Right. Little by little, age 10, did we get it? 11, did we right. get it? 12, did we get it? No, mm-hmm. but as an adult, now that you got your own, you looking for that type of compassion that you could never receive. Right. So you can fulfill yourself, but it's not always the fulfillment that you think it is. Right. It's just a cope. It's coping over, I'm just doing this for now, but you got other baggage that I ain't willing to stay around for. Yeah, Brian. I think that point is going to take me right into my segment, Matters of the Heart. Hey guys, I'm here with my segment of the show, Matters of the Heart. So today I have a book for you guys called You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. And this is a book that talks about 
manifesting positivity in your life. And in today's episode, we've been talking a lot about you being responsible for the negative and positive energy that comes into your life, as well as your own mental health and seeking and being accountable, right, for your mental health. So the reason why I wanted to suggest this book to you guys is because literally... This book is so great if you're just like at a standstill right now, like you know you're going through something, you can't quite put your finger on it. This book can really guide you. Um, It it provides a lot of affirmations. So affirmations are just like, you know, phrases that you can say to like yield positivity into your life. And this book literally gives you an affirmation for like any type of thing you're going through when it comes to like maybe different diseases or body aches or just eating problems or anything like that you can think of um and the book kind of explains how like when we have all these different like elements right going on why those things are coming to us why do we attract that acne or um why do we attract that particular eating disorder or sleeping disorder or why are we having that itch on our leg it tells you like you have you feel this way, you have been putting this energy out there for this particular thing. And I think it's a little scary to read this book sometimes with people like, whoa, like that description sounds exactly like me because it explains to you why you got that, right? And people think, wow, that's really scary. That sounds a lot, a lot like me. And it gives you the affirmation to say to kind of cast those things away and to manifest positivity and like health into your life. So if you're someone who's kind of exploring that realm of like just being accountable and Going into a more healthy direction, I really suggest this book. And once again, it's called You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. So with that being said, guys, we're going to get right back into our discussion. So with all of this talk about mental health and therapy, how do you guys clear your mind? How do you get help? Um, Well, like for me, I currently go to therapy. And I've been going for like a month and a half. And I think... You know, it's important to like know. It is kind of, first of all, I didn't realize how hard it is to get a therapist because when I was first searching, everybody's talking about they got a wait list. I'm like, damn, really? I guess a lot of us that don't got it. You'd be surprised. Together, right? clearly, it was like people that I messaged. They just now getting back to me from me looking for a therapist two months ago, but I already found one, and I like him. He's a black man, and I go see him downtown, and we get like 50 minutes, and I mean. I have to pay out of pocket for it because he doesn't take insurance, but I'm mm. willing to invest in my soul. Right. And I, I think that's another important thing. Like if you, for instance, your job doesn't cover it, even though my job would, but I, those therapists were not available. So you have to be willing to like invest. And um, for me, I go every other week. So it's not like I'm coming out my pocket, like a crazy amount of money, but I think it's worth me going right. to be able to talk to someone. And like, they have like, I think it's called psychology.com. That's where I found home. And, you know, you just have to look and email people um, because, at least in Philadelphia, I don't know really how it is in other areas, but finding a therapist, I was very shocked at just how difficult it was. And I'm like, it must just be a lot of people who need, you know, the mental guidance. And um, I think also, aside from therapy, you also have to be doing the work when you're in when you're not. Because, like, for me, I'm only going every other week, right? right? That's not... That often. So, on my end, you know, I'm about to start, like, writing in my journal again. Like, you know, just writing once a day about your thoughts. I don't, you don't have to be writing about anything bad happening, but just, like, oh, today ha- this happened or today I feel this way. Like, just keep a track of your emotions and, like, whatever your emotional goals is. Like, oh, my goal is to, like, be more patient or to not get an attitude over this or to, like, you know, be more present in a moment. 
um, you can kind of keep track of those things a little bit better. And also they have like really good like um, wellness prompts and like journals. So you can buy like a wellness prompt and they'll have like a different right. prompt for every day that you can write if you're not a person that really knows how to, if you don't really feel like writing about your day, like you can get that. So those are just like, or even meditation, they have like really good meditation apps. Like one mm -hmm. that I was using was called Headspace. Um, okay. And uh, yeah, I think that, um, you know, there's so many different resources because I think the world in general is understanding that being mentally healthy is very important. Right. So. Mm -hmm. um, for me, when I was doing my journey with therapy, I went to Dr. Ken, uh, Karen Kendall. Uh, she's a black therapist. I found her on um, psychologist.com. Um, but when I was doing, this is my preference. When I was looking for my therapist, I wanted someone who was a woman, who was black, someone who would most likely be relatable to me, understand where I'm coming from. Because I think that it, those were key factors to me because I feel yeah. like if I go to a white therapist, they're not going to understand me as a black person. If I went to a man, he's not going to understand me as a woman. Mm -hmm. So those, I definitely had preferences when I was looking. Um, also, whatever works with your insurance or whatever works for with your pockets. Right, exactly. Um, I was very fortunate that I was able to have access to you know, pay at a reasonable price for my therapist. Um, also, there's different clinics. Um, also, family members, friends, uh, people who under who are going to be able to be understanding right. is a great source of getting help. Just having an open discussion with open-minded people, I think that's a key factor because you can't have a discussion about how you feel with somebody who's closed-minded because they're not going to be willing to listen. Right. So you definitely mm -hmm. have to have open-minded people around you, um, close people who are willing to understand. I think that's just for, for me, from my perspective. Yeah. For myself, it would be somebody I hold close to me, like mm -hmm. a best friend or my significant other. I would like to vent to them. But once it gets to the point where I feel like they're not listening and they're being more so defensive, then it goes into my artistic side. I mm -hmm. write and then I paint, I read, and then I also talk to God. I'm a spiritual person, I talk to God, and I just put all my problems out. And then I will leave the space I'm in because I think from there, the negativity is still Mm -hmm. surrounded me so I will literally leave the physical space and go into another room just mm -hmm. to feel a different relief a different environment well not environment but a different type of energy right you know let that sit let it like mellow out and then disappear and once it's gone let me go back in the room and then I'm straight again right you know yeah um and I think also a good part of your journey is like just owning it mm -hmm. like you know I'm real quick to tell somebody I go to therapy or, you know, that I'm trying to figure things out. And I think sometimes even when I say this to people, I think they do feel a little shocked because people normally aren't trying to put that out on the table. But I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Just mm -hmm. like, yeah, I'm going to work and then I got therapy afterwards. Like, mm -hmm. it's really not, you know, a big deal. Like, even like a guy that I was communicating with, I remember like... I was texting him. I was like, oh, yeah, I can come hang out with you after I come back from therapy. He's like, oh, when you start going to therapy? Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, that's dope as shit. Like, he thought it was, like, so cool that I was going to therapy and I was okay with 
saying that. Like, it was, mm-hmm. and I feel like some people just have these ideas that therapy is bad or it's for crazy people or you just don't have any control. But I feel like it's necessary if you need help staying on a journey um, of like bettering yourself and staying it. Because I mean, of course, the goal of therapy, I think, too, is to eventually not need it. Right. But. Until you feel like, okay, I can really step off and, like, maintain what I've been doing on my own. I think that's something you should be doing. Right. And I just think that all people should see therapy at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's good if you start young. You know what I mean? I even have those conversations with uh, my students. I'm like, I think some of us in here would benefit from that. And I all said, because right. Ms. Hart goes. And I said... There's nothing wrong with it. And I said, like, if you guys ever have issues, I think, you know, you either talk to someone here at the school or you talk to your parents because it is very beneficial, especially if you start off at a young age being, like, aware of yourself and, Mm -hmm. like, understanding why you're sad or why these different people in your life have affected you in a particular way. That kind of sets you up for, like, success in your adulthood. Um, Another thing I want to touch on, because I feel like a lot of people – they are opposed to medication. I know when I was going through my experience, I also took medication for my anxiety because it was extremely bad to the point where I had to get to that point. And when I was in therapy, you know, my doctor, she gave me the options. She said, you're at the point where you may need medication. And she asked me, how do you feel about that? And right off the bat, I'm like, no, I don't want it. Like, I think it's going to harm me. I think I went off. But she was like, that's your choice, but don't be close-minded to it. And I did try it, but I smarted off at a small dosage. And, you know, I think a year into it, I started to feel better, and she was able to wean me off of it. So I think people, I think it's important trusting who your doctor is because you don't want to just go to anybody who's going to straight off give you medication right. off the back. But... um I definitely tell people who are going to therapy and they have a good doctor who suggested it, suggest medication to not be opposed to it because it definitely helped my journey to get me to where I'm at now. Because I, when I, I don't think people really understand, like when I explain it, they're like, wow, okay. But my anxiety was through the roof. Like I had no control over it. Yeah. I mean, unless somebody really sees you in that moment, right. They might be able to understand. But if you're just telling people who didn't really see you have that moment, Mm -hmm. um, then it would be hard for them to understand that. And like, you know, different life things happen, which trigger you acting and feeling a type of way. And Mm -hmm. I think I can definitely relate to the anxiety thing. Cause like, when I was younger, I used to hate doing, like, little simple shit, like, going in a store and, like, mm-hmm. ordering something. Like, I would say to my mom, oh, you could go through the drive through and if she didn't want to, I'd be like, I don't want it anymore. Like, I used to hate really talking to people, mm-hmm. and I, I'm not like that now, but that's a real thing. And then you have to think, okay, like, what is making you like that? I'm like Because that. my mom used to say, you're so weird, like, why don't you want to go in? I don't want to go in, and I don't want to order at McDonald's. I want to go through the drive through or can you go in? Because I don't want to talk to nobody. Mm. Did and you ever find out like what got you to that point? Or I don't what know what it was, like? but eventually I got over it. Mm-hmm. Or like even like just speaking up about certain things, I'm very opposite of what I was before. I don't know mm-hmm. what it was. I don't know if that was just like a phase mm-hmm. or where I was like in my youth. But it was it was a little weird to me. Like even when I think about it now, like just I was like, damn, I really didn't want to go in the store or talk to someone or just little simple stuff like that, mm-hmm. like. I don't know. For myself, it would be, 
I don't like crowds. I don't mm. like being surrounded by too many people where I can't count how many people is around me. Mm. I don't like closed spaces. Mm-hmm. It For me, it's it feels unsafe. Mm. I don't like to feel unsafe. So I get antsy and I immediately I want to leave. Therefore, right. when somebody offers, right or rip is a straight no because I already know what's ahead. Right. I prefer not to be in that type of environment because when I was younger bad situations occurred when I was in that environment. So I removed myself, but as I removed myself, it seems to others, I'm distant. I don't want to be around them. No, we can go elsewhere. Just don't invite me to certain things where I got to be surrounded by a cluster of people that Mm -hmm. I do not know. And I'm in a closed area where I can't really move myself. Right. And I think sometimes when you have people who understand like your anxiety, they're able to understand like where you're coming from. Like, okay, I get it. But, like, for me, I didn't want anybody to know. I was legit suffering in silence. Like, I didn't. That's why it brought me to the point where I didn't want to do anything. Because I was suffering so bad. Because I didn't want people to think I was crazy. So, I think once I got control of my anxiety and got the help I need, it's it's like a relief off my shoulders at this point. Right. Because it was was really bad, uh, my anxiety. Like, I was the same way. Like, big crowds. Or if I didn't have control over things, I just didn't want to do it. I just, I couldn't, I would just be like, I can't do it. I yeah. won't do it. But I think that's where we mess up at, um, not communicating with people. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there's going to be definitely people who don't understand, and that's, like, not our fault. Mm-hmm. But us not communicating, like, you know, if somebody's my friend or my family, I would, if you, if I feel like I cannot tell you something, I might need to be reevaluating our relationship mm-hmm. as friends or family. And I think it's just so important to communicate with your friend, hey, like, you know, I am going through this and I don't want to be in these spaces or I can't be in these spaces or this is how I feel about certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, you know, sometimes it is hard for people to understand those things, but we have to just try to communicate that on our, on our own. Like, you know, um, this is how I am. And I guess I'm working on it, but for right now that this isn't the proper setting for me because it just makes me feel away. Um, so, cause I have a student of mine who she actually doesn't like to like the same thing. I, she doesn't like to like order stuff herself. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I saw her do that, I was just like, and I totally forgot when I used to be like that. And I was like to her, what, what? Mm-hmm. But then I remember like, I was like that, but she's, very vocal like to the mm-hmm. other kids like I don't like ordering can you order for me and I think her being open like that the other kids are like okay fine like nobody really questioned her and I mm-hmm. think that just goes to show like there are more understanding people than we think mm-hmm. and if I feel like I just can't get your understanding I would have to reevaluate our relationship mm-hmm. because I shouldn't feel like I have to suffer in silence if, right. I'm, if you're supposed to be my family if you're supposed to be my friend I should be able right. to come to you with these issues. I'm not trying to put them on you, right. but you need to understand and this is my explanation for why I'm not going out or why I'm distant. Right. You know, um, because people do start to think, oh, it must be me when it could just be a fact. I'm going through some shit and I just really can't, I really can't do that. Like, right. so, you know what I mean? Um, even with me, different things I've gone through, like my mom would be like, oh, you just want to sit up in that room? Because I'm feeling some type of way or right. I'm going through something. Yeah, and 
I just prefer to be in my space, but I never communicated that. Right. So then you're just thinking I'm just trying to be a brat or whatever the case is. Right. I think with some people, they look at you as an image of their self in a small way. In the sense of, hey, come out with us. Mm -hmm. They automatically assume you're a part of a person like me or I just want to enjoy your company. Right. But the minute you shut them out, it's like... I don't do that to you, so right. why you gotta do that to me? Like, come on, just come on. No, just give me my space. But I think it is understandable for people to feel upset when you are randomly cutting them off. That's why I think the communication factor is important. Like, I'm going through something. I don't even have to go in detail, but I just want you to know I'm going through something, so I don't want you to take nothing type of way, but I just need some time. And then if all of that, they still want to fall away, now that's really on you because I just told you I'm going through something, and I, I don't have to go in depth. But just completely not telling someone and then expecting them to, like, kind of come to an understanding like they're probably going through something. That person has to be, like, really outside of themselves to even think, like, okay, it probably has nothing to do with me. Because I've been through a situation with one of my friends that I talked about on another episode where, like, she was distancing herself and I wasn't really talking to her. And this was somebody I was talking to, like, literally every time I got off work, me and her would be on the phone on my ride from downtown to uptown. And I was able to remove like the pride in myself and be like you know what her not talking to me probably don't got nothing to do with me because I didn't do anything it could be her going through something and it was it had nothing to do with me so I feel like some people don't have that ability to be like this person not talking to me has nothing to do with me they're probably going through something and then having the patience to wait to see if that person tells them you know what I mean so I think we do have to kind of be um considerate of the people around us like to at least give them the bare minimum of like i'm going through this i will get back to you as soon as i get it together Mm -hmm. and then if they don't want to understand then fuck fuck you at that point well not fuck you but (laughs) go ahead like you feeling away that's on you now because i gave you as much information as i could about my situation but if you're understanding and you talking about yeah cool get yourself together and i'll be here when you get it together awesome love you and i'll see you when i when i get there right so that's and i think another thing is you can't pressure the person you can't put a time limit like all right it's been a month you feeling better it's been three weeks it's been a year you feeling better because we don't know what people's going through just Mm -hmm. because because people gonna move in their own time Mm -hmm. so you know if it is a year and maybe the friend isn't on the same level, you know, it's okay. Right. It's okay, you know. As long as they're still your friend, you guys are still open to each other. But if, you know, they feel as though they still need their space, you just have to respect it. And I think some people get so pressed, like, well, what's going on? Like, they get so agitated. It's like, listen, I'm, I don't work on your time. I work on my time. Like, and I'm not there yet, so... I think people just have to let people heal on their own time. It's yeah. hard, especially when it's your friends, somebody you speak to every day, and the right. dynamic of the relationship is changing. But, you know, sometimes it's not true. Sometimes people really, really are just at the point where they need to disconnect and really find themselves. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Like, sometimes people would like the instant, like, answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you care about me and, um, you know... You should understand, like, even if I can't give you the in-depth details, just trust that it's not, it's, it is what I'm saying. Like, if I'm saying that I'm not, it's nothing you're doing, I'm just needing this time to myself, then I hope that you can trust me enough to, like, believe that and to know that when I do come to my own understanding of things that you will hear from me. Right. So that's all you can really hope it, um, 
that point about things. But I never really had any issues with people like not understanding mm-hmm. me not wanting to do certain things or you know what I mean. I definitely could say I've been a person that wasn't the most understanding or confused or wanting the instant. Mm-hmm. But as you get older and more aware of yourself, you have to just realize that not everything is about you and like sometimes other people going through stuff and mm-hmm. I'm not talking or whatever. That's probably not about you. Right. Right. Another thing that can add to the mental situation of a person is how they dress. Like clothing wise? Yes. Okay. So for myself, mind you, I'm not from here. So I was used to wearing any and everything. Mm-hmm. You look good, <laughs> just go to school, keep pushing. Right. right. Coming to Philadelphia is material determines your popularity Mm -hmm. determines who you can or cannot be around Mm -hmm. and it determines if you are even the quote-unquote cool enough to even exist in their space Mm -hmm. for me that was a big that was a big issue i always wanted to fit in because i'm not from here so i gotta try to be somebody I'm not mm-hmm. in order to fit in with y'all and y'all environment. Mm-hmm. Then once I realized as I got older, I'm like, this is not me. Right. Let me go back to square one. And if they cannot accept that, then you are not meant for me. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's meant for you. That's right. very true. I agree right. with that. That's true because I have met a lot of people who are not for me. Yeah. And- that's that's definitely true mm-hmm. and i think um just going into like the whole trying to fit in thing i think that definitely can even in our age people still are trying to fit in with something um or like they want these type of certain friends or they want to be able to live this certain type of lifestyle but you just have to be happy with what you're doing and make your own set and like you can't keep striving to have with the next person because that's going to take a toll on you right. and like for me I think I see a lot of my friends do that to themselves like not being happy like where they are and like trying to like compare themselves and I'm like your journey is not this person's journey like you're going a different direction you know what I mean and you comparing yourself and feeling like you're not doing all you can is weighing on you mentally instead of just saying you know what I am trying my best shit happens what this person over here is doing is not the same scenario and if we look at a lot of great people who have been successful they didn't come into their success until they were like mid late 30s early 40s and not saying that you necessarily want to have to wait that long but just know that every journey is different if you keep comparing yourself to other people because i see a lot of my friends do that i'm just like and i think i talked to all my a lot of my friends like you doing fine Mm -hmm. And I know it doesn't matter. Like, if you don't feel that way about yourself, right? it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. But I just feel like people got to give us some slack. Like, yeah. we're, like, 23, 24. Like, a lot of people in this age bracket don't have everything together. Right. You know what I mean? I I don't really, like, I think all my friends work and stuff, but all of them are not where they want to be. Mm-hmm. I might have, like, one or two friends who are, like, where they want to be, quote, unquote. Mm-hmm. So, and even me, like, getting to my goals, I still have things I want to accomplish as well. But I, and I think that's why I've always been successful in that department because I never was trying to compare myself to other people. I just did what I had to do. If I got to be at Temple of 50 year, I'm at Temple of 50 year. If I'm going to be a substitute for five years, I'm going to be a substitute. Like, I never compared myself because I've seen people around me doing things, quote unquote, better than what I was doing. Right. 
but I can't compare myself because y'all, we got different lives. Yeah, and I think that's where a lot of people destroy themselves mm-hmm. mentally because there's, especially in the social media era, era yes. you know, you see like these celebrities who are the same age as you and they drive in Bentley trucks and they have, they're in the perfect relationship. They get ready to have quote unquote mm-hmm. and they're going to have kids and they just bought a million dollar mansion and you like I share a room but you know and that's okay because your journey is not their journey and, and let's, yeah let's be honest a lot of people you don't people don't post their, their failures right like come on there's a lot of shit that goes on behind closed doors like nobody uh-huh. posts like I struggled this much and this is what's going on with me and my nigga cheating on me that right like nobody's going to post that right so I think we have to remind ourselves that and also, like, taking a hiatus from, like, social media could be really great for your mental, mental health. Space, yeah. Because social media is negative in many ways. One, is negative because you're always seeing some wild shit about just, like, the things that are going on in the world. Mm-hmm. Or you're seeing how other people are, quote, unquote, doing better than you, and now you're comparing yourself. Right. And that's, like, bringing negative feelings and energies to you. Right. Right? Or even having access, like, the being accessible to other people, like, that you might not lo- no longer communicate with continuously checking in on them like you have like girl don't go on this go on this and that's like weighing in on your mental health so i think you know social media definitely adds to the right for sure it definitely affects how we think mentally but i think we're going to take it into my segment of say what All right, so this is Say What. We're basically at saying little quotes and sayings pertaining to the topic of discussion. So let's get into it. It's exhausting to fight a war inside your head every single day. Mickey Ann. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, don't deprive yourself of the mental health you deserve, okay? You know, a lot of times, especially with mental health, we stray away from the assistance we need because we think people are going to judge us. They're going to think we're crazy. Therapies are crazy people. And some people just straight out tell you there ain't nothing wrong with you. But if your mental health is not where it needs to be nor should be, definitely get the assistance you need. Especially with mental health, it's hard because a doctor or professional can't just look into your eyes and cut you open and say X, Y, and Z is wrong with you. We have to be descriptive. We have to be emotional. And sometimes we have to tap into things that we hide from ourselves. So get the help you need. You know, Take that extra step to get the assistance you need to put you in a better place. Because with mental health, if it's not in alignment or where it should be, it takes control of us over us day by day to the point where we don't even recognize the person who we are want to be and as well as oh surround yourself with open-minded people you know a lot of people are judgmental especially when it comes to mental health but surround yourself with open-minded people who are willing to listen willing to be understanding of the things and experience that you are going through okay also not only that take time out for you 15 10 minutes out of your day to meditate Clear your thoughts, get you on the right track, get you to be the better person you want to be. Alright, so this was Say What? Alright everybody, this is our wild card segment and we are going to be doing some current events. So as you guys know, in the pop media, Miss Jordan Woods, you know, was receiving a lot of backlash with the whole scandal between her and Tristan Thompson. If you guys don't know, Jordan Woods is Kylie Jenner's ex-best friend. 
she mm-hmm. wound up kissing Tristan Thompson, who is Khloe Kardashian's cheating ass baby father. Right. So, um, in this whole situation, I just kind of feel bad. I feel bad for Jordan a little bit because she was put in an awkward situation and she should have told the truth. She should have. Um, but I think it's very hard for me to have sympathy for Chloe and any of her sisters in any capacity. Because they do the same thing. Because they literally have done the same shit to other people. Right. And then you know what was so funny? It's been a video resurfacing of when Chloe was telling Court uh um Courtney how she should have left whoever she was dating at the time because he was cheating on her and like this is like some years ago when mm-hmm. Chloe was still fat. She was telling Courtney like about herself like I would never be with nobody that's cheating on me. That's belittling me, da 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 da. Oh, really, bitch? Because now you getting cheated on left and right, and mm-hmm. you didn't take the advice that you gave your sister. And that's the whole thing. They always digging in Courtney's ass, but... She's the only one who minds her business. Right, she's the only non-messy <laughs> sister. So, she's literally had... I don't I can't, I don't know any story of her doing some wild shit or anything. Right. Like, all of the sisters except her got at least one wild story. Right. And I don't really have any sympathy. Like, you was doing this to other women. Y'all was being messy. Right. Like, you get what you put out, and the way you go into a relationship is how it ends. If you go right. in there with some deceitful type shit, try fucking up, oh, fuck your feelings, bitch, over there. You know what I mean? And that's another thing, too. Like, women are so quick to, like, laugh at other women's faces the way niggas treat them. Like, a side bitch or a girl that's, like, creeping on a new or somebody's relationship, be just so quick to laugh at someone else's hurt. And I don't know how you think that's about to pan out for you, as a, especially as a woman. I think I always go by this quote, um, this rapper, Jungle Pussy, she goes by, everybody want to be the one to tame the dick. You can't tame the dick. A nigga going to be a nigga. Mm-hmm. Excuse my French. But he going to do what he want to do. You already knew what right. type of man he was prior when he was Doing leaving his her. pregnant girlfriend to be with you. And, you know... Everybody gets their turn. Right. Like, what did you think was going to be Exactly, outcome? because she was doing, she was, you know, there's been prior situations where she has dated her friends, uh, boyfriends and ex-lovers. So as, um, what the fuck is her name? Kylie Jenner. You know, Kylie the whole thing was, ex- exactly, as well as taking Tyga from Black China. So everybody's sleeping with everybody. I feel bad for Jordan was that she put herself in this predicament and she even said to herself she did it to herself and she apologizes to the people she she has hurt. So she was woman enough to take her stand and say her piece from the media's perspective. I mean, but like what predicament did she put herself in? I was at a party, this nigga kissed me. Okay, yeah, I could have like said something sooner, but if it's a kiss and I know that I didn't like egg that thing on. I don't even want to start the riot up because I already know y'all dramatic as bitches to begin with. But she probably she's coming from the point like, yeah, be, they have a right. I can see where they're mad at me. Like she's being understanding. She y'all know be what upset, she's wrong. but the way y'all took it above and beyond over yeah, a fucking it, kiss, it was excessive. It, that's the thing. Once I found out it was just a kiss, not her actually fucking someone. Right, bro, bitch, you're tripping now. Right. Like don't get me wrong. Like let's say Teller kissed my baby dad. And she, of course, I'll be upset. But if she explained to me like he, Ari, he kissed me, right? The history I have with Taylor and this cheating ass nigga, I'm gonna hope. I'm not. I will hope in that situation. I'd be like, you know what? Fuck him. Taylor is my friend, and it clearly was you just being a thirsty nigga, just trying to fuck anything and ruin something good because niggas right. do shit like that. But she, you know, I think where Jordan's coming from, she's just playing her perspective. Right. Like, you know what? I can see where I fucked up. I fucked up. And she even said, like, this could have been something that was handled behind closed doors. But they brought it 
to the because that's the what eye. they do. They're messy. I think it was more to the story than what it was portrayed to be. You think due so? to She said that she had feet up on them. They right. were just talking. If you know, that's your quote unquote best friend, sister, baby, baby daddy. Why are you even that close to put your feet up on this man? Right. At the same time, y'all are they a different age. Y'all in a different age bracket. They broke. You very comfortable and close, and you're under the influence at a party. But at the party, you're only sitting with this person. No, it was. She said it was other people around. Yeah, other people around. But look how close you are to to him versus. But you my bro, bro. Where's the bro? Yeah, in the sense of. If this is such a bro, why he ain't talking to everybody in the midst of all of us? Right. You know? I mean, because we, well, we wasn't there. Like, all right, like my friend Jack. I tell him about my friend Jack. Me and him was all hugging and real close. That he, my bro. But he was oh, trying to get tell. Like, I just feel like that's my bro. Like, I know where I stand. <laughs> <laughs> that's my I, bro. I know where I stand with you. That's my bro. Like, right. I ain't for the and. She really could have been in that mindset. Yeah, I and mean, he's the one that wanted to do more. I see, right? like when she when he, she said that he wanted to go kiss her, and she was like, "All right, I'm out." I would have did the same thing. Right, like, that's an awkward situation to be in. But because like, you weren't trying to be in it, and you, my bro, and on top of being a quote unquote bro, you actually my friend's sister. Man, I'm a slap the shit. But everybody I'm different. I'm telling on you, I'm telling you myself first. I'm telling both of us. You crazy? I'm telling you. No, look, at the end of the day, you ain't messing up my check. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And that's a very tight friendship, too. I'm enjoying this perspective. You coming for my coin, I'm coming for yours. You're not fucking with mine. Yeah. I need to pay for my shit just how you need to pay for yours. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah. I feel but this could have been good. But this could have been good. I don't think she needed to be friends with Kardashians. I don't think they're a good circle of people to be around, to be honest. Especially for a black woman. I don't think that was somewhere she but needed to be. you know what kind of rubbed me the wrong way? Because in the interview, she was talking about as a black woman, as a black woman. But I was just like, yeah, how gun-ho were you for black women before they turned on you? I mean, I'm going to support you because you're but a black woman. But that's the thing. Jordan never, I, at least I never heard her openly like not support black people or not claim her blackness. I mean, I never, I never. So heard, I, right, right I never we don't know her. what issues she's ever addressed privately with them. She That's true. But it's just said in an interview mm-hmm. on the show, like you know how they do these small segments of just you talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she wanted to get away from that family. Oh, she and did. A, yeah, not word for word saying it, but she worded, and you can see it on her face. She wants to get away. She says she wanted to have her distance because they seem possessive over her. Mm. Like, how they have, as a friend, why are you signing an NDA? Right. If you're just a friend. And that's what I said. That's why I knew she wasn't about to go on that show saying no crazy shit. Yeah. If you fucking, if you friends with a Jenner or a Kardashian, you definitely signed something saying that you can't disclose her and shit. She probably got all the tea. She do. All the tea. And that was done for you to sign it. At this point, I hope Jordan, I hope everyone stops bullying her right. on social media. With that being said, uh, to the Jenner and Kardashian family, everybody, everyone gets their turn. And do better. And you definitely got yours, Chloe. Um, and we're wrapping that up. How did you enjoy your your time on our show? It was lovely. Yes, very, ma'am. Very lovely. I enjoyed it. It was 100%. very nice help, uh, having you. 
Thank you. Thank you. So, guys, with that being said, just don't forget to follow, you know, me and Dorian on our social media, on Twitter and Instagram to join us in these conversations and to also, like, suggest any topic that you would love to hear us talk about. So, until then, we'll see you. Bye. Bye. Peace.